Good day to you. I want to talk to you today about deceptions in the culture. There was something I found recently that really surprised me. It shocked me. It stunned me. I, I didn't know that we would see this so close to home. But, but before I get into that, I want to, want to mention that these deceptions in the culture, uh, they are how Satan is using deception and the culture. Now, the culture is society's values and norms. They're accepted lifestyles and their customs and all those types of things, how Satan is using that to influence and corrupt even God's people, even our churches, our congregations. Remember, Satan is the father of lies, and the world or society will tend to follow him, just as Jesus says here in John chapter 8, verse 44, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. His only power, Satan, is to deceive and trick people into not believing God. Now this is exactly what he did in the beginning with Adam and Eve. If we look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Satan planted these thoughts in their minds to confuse and deceive them. Unfortunately, it worked then. And we find that this type of thing is still working today. Our hearts and our minds, those are the battlefield. This is where we will have most of our fights with evil. Satan wants to defile our hearts, fill our minds with lies and delusions, things that are not in line with the truth. Now, what is the truth? What is our standard for truth? These two verses, they tell us the truth. The first is Jesus responding to Thomas in John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in the second verse, this is in the Lord's prayer for his disciples and followers, including us. John chapter 17, verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The Lord and the Bible are the truth. This is our standard and what we live by. So why does Satan want to deceive us? If we look at Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 20, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. In other words, Satan can't dirty us up on the outside and make a difference. So he has to work on our minds and our hearts so that we will 
speak and believe the wrong things. Now, to defile means to pollute, corrupt, spoil, or ruin something. And that is Satan's goal, to pollute and ruin our thoughts and hearts. You see this in the world, the way people's thoughts are twisted, and they fall and pray to these lies. And because the world follows these deceptions, they want us to follow them. If we fall in line with them, then they can live happy in their delusion, you know, with no dissenting voice to tell them that they are wrong, no one to correct them. So beware of the social pressures to go along and to just get along. Not that we shouldn't be nice and peaceful and loving. We should be, as Jesus said here in Matthew 10, verse 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. However, while we do this, we must still be separate from the world, right? If we look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We must still follow the Lord and His teaching. Now, I mention all of this to remind us of the fight that's going on in this world. And now I have this example I want us to look at. I saw this quote recently on another church's website. This is a quote from the preacher. Now, above this quote, there was a couple of mentions of like uh, loving God and loving their neighbor. But this is how they, they ended their quote, was with these two sentences, this last paragraph. Now, the things they said above this sounded good and correct. But again, this is how they ended their statement. If you're looking for a church that will tell you everything that you have to believe, you won't find it here. When people ask me what our church believes, I tell them that the rainbow banner that hangs on the front of our church is a good place to begin. Now, this is a local church, and I'm not judging and condemning this preacher or these people. I've not been to their church. However, This shows a certain error in thinking. It shows that they have fallen for some deception. They are trying so hard to be at peace with the world, to be accepted. But if we follow God, that's not possible. You know, what does Jesus say of us, his disciples, in his prayer? John chapter 17, verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And before that, the Lord told us in Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, Do not think, I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. We can't follow Christ and the world. There must be a clear division. So let's look at the quote again. Now, if we look at the first sentence of it here and think about this, if you're looking for a church that will tell you everything that you have to believe, you won't find it here. 
if we, as a congregation and as the church, if we are not telling people what they need to know and understand and believe, what good are we? Here's what Jesus said, Luke chapter 14, verse 34 and 35. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. If we become like the rest of the world, then we are bland and tasteless. If there is no difference between us and the world, then we have fallen for this type of lie. And at this point, when we are no longer teaching the gospel and teaching what people need to know and believe, at that point, the church is useless. It is dead. If we're not doing that, that's our mission. And this is why we need to teach the Bible. We look at Acts chapter 8, verse 30 and 31. This is very familiar to everyone. This is the Ethiopian eunuch. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. How can anyone understand if they are not taught? Okay, so let's go back to the quote. And let's look at the second sentence. When people ask me what our church believes, I tell them that the rainbow banner that hangs on the front of our church is a good place to begin. So now are they believing in a rainbow banner instead of God in the Bible? Is that what they're pointing to people as the source for their congregation and their beliefs? That is a treacherous and terrifying road to be on. It is not the narrow path. Jesus is our beginning and our end. The Word of God is what defines our faith. That's what we point people to. It's like they've made an idol of this banner and they've put it before God. We know what this rainbow banner, or sometimes it's a flag, represents in the world. It represents a lot of immorality and things that literally physically harm people who believe it. It also represents Satan's deception. We have so many warnings about this type of error. If we look at Revelations chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, here Jesus is speaking to a church or the church that has compromised their beliefs. But I have a few things against you, because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. This is a warning to congregations that allow their faith 
to be polluted or defiled, allowing other beliefs and doctrines that are contrary to God's word. And, and notice that this is a stumbling block that leads them to commit sexual immorality. That's exactly what this type of thing is. And God also warns us not to be a part of the world's sin and rebellion. If you look in Revelation chapter 18, verse 4, now this is referring to Babylon. Babylon represents the world's sin and rebellion against God. Okay? Now here, this is going to be God. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. We are to come out of the world and its sin and rebellion. We, much like Lot, had to leave Sodom. It's much like that. We must remember to always keep God's word first in what we teach. And that means teaching what we should believe and understand. That is our mission. It's what's required of us to share the gospel. Now, right below this quote on that church's website was this picture. Now, I imagine that this is the rainbow banner or a representation of it that the quote refers to. Because you'll notice it has all the colors. Most likely, the things stated here on this picture that you can see are the beliefs that the quote referred to. Now, most of these sound reasonable if you take them at face value, and we can agree with a lot of the basic ideas, right? First, be the church. Yes, we should be the church. We have a responsibility to teach the gospel and help others. Second, protect the environment. Okay, we should be good stewards of what God has provided for us, and God has provided this for us. Third, care for the poor. Yes, definitely agree. We should be a blessing to the less fortunate. Fourth, forgive often. In general, we can agree with that sentiment, but probably would state it differently. We, th we know that we are to forgive as we have been forgiven, which is considerably more than just often. Five, reject racism. Again, in general, the idea that we should not condone any prejudice or be a respecter of persons is correct. The fundamental belief of racism is kind of wrong, but we'll get into that. Number six, they have fight for the powerless. Now, this is a bit ambiguous, and it's a little worris worrisome because of that. I agree that we should stand up for and help others if they are truly oppressed. I think most of us would agree with that. Now, number seven, share earthly and spiritual resources. This sounds extremely vague, and it's really troubling because it is so extremely vague. Yes, we should share with others, share the gospel, and help as we can. Number eight, embrace diversity. Now, we really have to look at this and say, what is meant here? Diversity has two main meanings. The first traditional meaning would be 
diversity means a variety or a range of different things. Now, as an example, if I say there is a lot of diversity in apples, meaning there are a lot of different types or varieties of apples, and it can mean colors as well. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's a traditional meaning. Now, next, there is a more modern meaning and use of this word as has become a tradition in the culture lately. The practice or quality of including or involving people from a range of different social and ethnic backgrounds. And of, and this is where we start going off the rails, okay? Now up to there, now when we, let me back up a second. Including or involving people from a range of different social and ethnic backgrounds. Nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. That's great. We should welcome everyone, and we do. We welcome everyone, okay? But then they add in, and of different genders and sexual orientations. That's where it goes off the rails. That's where it's wrong. We know the idea of diverse genders and sexual orientation flies totally against the Word of God. It's against just practical truth and common sense, and a lot of it goes against biological science. Let's move on to the next one. Love God. That's number nine. Holy agree. We should love God. But why is it not? There's ten things on this list, and it's nine. Number ten. Enjoy this life. That's fine. God also wants us to have a good life here. He's not cruel. He's not wanting us to suffer. So we can take that at face value and say, yeah, that's a good thing. Now, now that we've gone through the list, this list, notice how God is almost the last thing. God is nine out of ten. And except for love God, they relate none of this back to God or the Bible. Even be the church, that is so vague, it could mean anything. This is what we would call today very weak sauce or watered-down Christianity. They are trying so hard to be in line with the culture. They're trying to please man rather than God. They are wanting to fit in with the culture, with society. They want to appease the world, so they include the world's idol and ideology in their worship and teaching. They're doing what we call virtue signaling. I don't know how sincere they are, whether they're sincere or not. These ideas, some of these are code words for their belief in the world's religion and ideology. Let's evaluate a few of those. Just to, just to show this, and you can easily understand this. I don't think this is anything difficult. First, if we look at, and I'm not going to do each of these. We're just going to look at a few of these. If we look at protect the environment, they are basically putting that there. They're saying that they agree with global warming or disastrous climate change. Now, this flies totally against what God has said in Genesis. Chapter 8, verse 22, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, 
winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Second, I want to look at reject racism. They believe, now this is, this is kind of code for this, okay? It's saying that they go along with a lot of this we hear. They believe that our institutions are inherently racist and minorities cannot improve their law in life. Now, beside the facts and all the successful minorities we see in life that disprove this, let's look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. All of us came from the same couple. Minor exterior appearances aside, we are all one race. This is the deception that we need to break because it causes this division and hatred. Sure, we can admit that prejudice exists and, and we need to work on that always. But fundamentally, the fundamental idea of race, races of men and, and racism, is a flawed lie, a deception. And that's the problem. That's what we need to end. Third, if we move on, this, this is one of the vaguest statements they have. Share earthly and spiritual resources. Are they afraid to say, teach the Bible? I mean, what spiritual resources do we have to share? The Bible, the Word of God, our faith, our belief in Jesus? You know, those things we must share. We can't hide them or try to slip them in occasionally, kind of be, you know, undercover Christians. No, we must be bold in declaring the Lord. We look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. So notice, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be hiding that away. We can't hide our Christianity. And yes, sometimes we may suffer a little bit for it because the world is not going to love it. They don't want to hear that they're wrong, that they're doing something that's wrong. But we can't be lukewarm about the Lord. Again, look in Revelation chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. This is the Lord speaking again. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. There is no fence sitting. We can't be one with the world and be with Jesus. Yes, we need to care and love for others. We need to empathize with others and, and the errors we see, but we cannot join in the lies and deception. Next, we want to look at embrace diversity. Now, we've discussed that, what is really meant, and we know what is really meant. We welcome everyone to our services, and we encourage people to come and learn, but we cannot 
condone and promote sin, things that we know are immoral. We can't support the lies and deceptions or the physical harm that that causes. Anyone interested in the Lord, of course, they're welcome. And we know that it takes time to change. Someone is not going to be able to change overnight if they're living some kind of lifestyle like that. However, again, we can't condone and support it and promote it like they're doing with this this rainbow banner idea. Now, finally, I want us to notice that Love God almost didn't make the list. Next to last. Barely above, enjoy this life. What priority are they giving God? I'm genuinely stunned that Christians fall for this. We need to make sure that we do not fall prey to these types of deceptions. And that is the main reason I wanted to bring this to everyone's attention. We need to be aware and alert to what is going on in society, the culture. We've been warned. We know that Satan wants to pervert the church. We can't let these schemes and deceptions slip in. Look at James chapter 4, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Unfortunately, I'm sure there are other congregations out there that are also deceived and have turned from the truth through these deceptions. They've accepted the worldly beliefs over God. And again, this is not my judgment. This is what they are presenting on their website, on the front page. We want to make sure that we stay true to God's word, that we follow the Lord and not the world. The Bible tells us that we can walk undefiled. If you look at Psalm chapter 119, verse 1, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. We can avoid the lies and traps of the enemy. It's easy to say that, I know, and it's harder to do that. But let's look at James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. First, we submit to God. We understand that He has the truth, and we cannot trust the world to teach us this. To walk with God, we must draw near to Him through His Word. We must be interested in learning from Him. Resist the devil. Evaluate these worldly ideas. Refuse these thoughts and ideas that go against the Lord and His Word. So I want to thank you for, for listening. That is, that is our lesson for today. May God bless you and keep you safe until we can all be together again. And remember, 
that God loves you.